Hello and welcome to Top in Tech. This is Global Council's weekly podcast on all things tech policy. My name's Conan Darcy. I'm the regular host of this podcast and a senior practice director at GC. So today we're going to talk about the UK's online safety bill, which is back in Parliament after a few months away. For all of those who need a refresher, this is the UK government's flagship bill, which will apply a duty of care on social media providers and other companies which support user-generated content. It will compel them to, amongst other things, have systems and processes in place to remove illegal content. To talk us through where this is at and where it's going, I'm delighted to be joined today by Josh Bates, who leads GC's analysis of the online safety bill out of our London office. So thanks, Josh, and welcome uh, to the podcast today. So for those who listen to this podcast regularly, they'll probably say we've talked a lot about the online safety bill before. So I guess, why are they doing another episode about it now? So can you just talk us through where we are in the process? What, what, why is it significant? Sure. And as you say, the online safety bill's been in Parliament now for well over a year. It's been in some form or another discussed in Parliament for several years now. And for some people, they might think we're at the final hurdle. There's not long to go. But in truth, this will likely be one of the most difficult stages for the government. This is because the peers and the different influential lords have already set out where they stand on the online safety bill for some time. And this is now their opportunity to amend it, to change it, to bring in new measures which they think are necessary to ensure online safety in the UK. And as I'll detail, there's some really influential peers in the House of Lords who have a history in successfully amending a government piece of legislation. I mean, just to already look at the relationship between the House of Commons and the House of Lords, they're already at loggerheads on the migration bill, the public order bill, which was brought forward in February. The government suffered eight different defeats on that, with members of the House of Lords bringing forward their own amendments. And whilst the House of Lords can't indefinitely delay a bill or prevent it from ever being passed, they can really sort of delay its progress through Parliament. In some instances, they can even ensure that the bill doesn't pass within this session and it could effectively be dropped altogether. But they'll be looking to sort of pass their own amendments and where possible, working with the House of Commons to amend the bill and bring in their own changes. Though I guess this is one of those stages where the bill could really change. We saw this with, and maybe this is what you alluded to, Josh, we saw this with the UK's GDPR and the Data Protection Act a few years ago, where the age-appropriate design code was introduced in the House of Lords. And that's been one of the most consequential legal changes for tech companies in the UK for several years. And indeed, that piece of legislation was then replicated in California. So the government knows that there could be a significant change. And so companies and others on the line need to be looking out for what happens in this, this part of So let's just go on to the politics, Josh. So where where do the opposition lie on this? Obviously, the House of Lords is slightly different to the Commons in that it's not representative necessarily of the makeup of the last election. And we have parties like the Liberal Democrats who are over-represented or certainly more represented than they are in the House of Commons. So how how do the politics line up for that? Do the opposition parties support the bill? Sure. So as you say, the House of Lords is a lot more complicated with cross-bench peers, different groupings, uh, as you say, certain groups even more sort of widely represented than they are in the House of Commons. But this bill as a whole is not massively controversial. I think pretty much everybody will agree that online safety is important, online safety is necessary, this bill is necessary. But the problem is that 
this has been discussed and debated for so many years now, and there have been so many new and emerging issues and so many things that have been strapped onto it or issues that people have thought could go further, that it's just become increasingly complicated and uh, overburdened. Recent tragic cases of children not being kept safe online have meant there's been greater calls for issues such as like fraud to be encapsulated within the bill or for there to be greater age assurance and age verification, which we'll talk on later. So the opposition and these crossbench peers aren't looking to dramatically alter the bill in that they want to remove huge sections of it or that they feel that the bill shouldn't exist in and of itself. What they really want is for there just to be new things encapsulated, new amendments added to ensure extra sort of levels of online safety are sort of implemented across a variety of different areas. I think it's quite interesting when you put your two answers together there, Josh. The first one being there could be a lot of change and members of the House of Lords might play hardball on some of these issues in order to elicit that change from the government. But the second being that those same opposition members also want to get it through. So lying above both of those things is the fact that we're on a clock here and both sides, both the government, but also the opposition who are looking to bring in some of these changes will want to get the bill passed or it could be lost altogether. So therefore the pressure is is on both sides. So let's jump into some of the key issues that we see on the radar in Parliament at the moment. So there's Baroness Kidron, who is well known in tech policy circles, particularly around the issues of children's rights. She is the founder and chair of Five Rights, which is a charity in this space. So we all know she's, she's active. What exactly is she trying to do with her amendments to the bill? Sure. As you say, Baroness Kidron is a very influential peer, especially in this area. She was the peer that we were sort of speaking about earlier who introduced the age-appropriate design code. The Five Rights organization is now sort of working with a variety of different international organizations, states in the US, seeing how this code can now be implemented there. But again, sort of Baroness Kidron is looking to see how this piece of government legislation can be amended to add extra levels for uh, online safety for children online. So one of her amendments, for instance, that's had quite a lot of support is ensuring that platforms consider the four C's of online risks to children. So that's content, contact, conduct, and contractual or commercial risks. And this has received quite a lot of support from across the chamber. Again, just adding this extra level of security to make sure platforms are sort of examining these different risks when they're considering new products and different areas on their platform. Uh, She even wants to include a new category within the bill. So currently the bill is split up to affect different platforms in different ways with the highest risk and the largest platforms deemed to be category one and then so on and so forth. Uh, This new category would be for any services that are likely to be accessed by children. So if this was to pass, this could mean a whole new range of platforms or online services could be brought into scope of the bill. Another area that's received a lot of attention and a lot of support is around age assurance or age verification. Uh, So one of her amendments wants to introduce the requirement for Ofcom, who will be enforcing this piece of legislation, to produce statutory guidance on this to make a higher level of need for privacy, for security, to ensure that these sort of age assurance systems on different platforms are working. And just another one to mention is uh, an advocacy body for child users that would be able to sort of work with the government, work with Ofcom to introduce new measures perhaps or give advice on where this regime needs to change. 
So there's quite a host of different amendments here, and it'll be interesting to see where uh, the Baroness and her supporters really try and push the government on this and try and get some level of concession. Taken together, that's, that's quite a reshaping and re-sculpting of the bill. I guess it would be surprising if the government were to concede across all of those points. But likewise, I think it would be surprising were none of those amendments to pass. And as you say, there's, there's widespread support for it. Indeed, issues like access to a deceased child's data is somewhat emotive and quite hard for a government to argue about uh, in, a, in a public and open environment in which this will be taking place. So they're going to be quite careful and want to work with peers, I suspect, in ensuring that amendments do pass, but in a way in which the government is open to and is happy with the technical elements of those measures. And as we talk about technical elements of measures, this brings us to the issue around encryption. So anyone who's paying attention to the UK political debate in tech policy will have seen these threats in public by services such as WhatsApp and Signal that they will leave the UK if certain measures applied in the online safety bill undermine their encrypted services. And it's quite interesting, there was a reply I noticed on Twitter by Kieran Martin, formerly of the National Cyber Security Centre, who essentially accepted that this might be a trade-off of bringing in the legislation, which, given certainly the popularity of WhatsApp in the UK and the function that has in day-to-day communication within the UK, uh, that would be a pretty dramatic and headline-grabbing thing to happen in the coming months and years. So what's, what's going on here? And ultimately, do you think the government is going to follow through on this or do you think the government's going to back down? Yeah, so th- this debate is actually quite a bizarre one in that this isn't a clause or area of the bill that would come in automatically. It would essentially just give Ofcom the power to require private messaging platforms or any messaging platforms to adopt technologies to scan for terrorist or child sexual abuse or exploitation material in circumstances where they deemed it necessary and proportionate to do so. So that means that on on day one of the bill coming into action, or even once all the different measures of the bill are actually in place, there wouldn't be this sort of automatic requirement for these platforms to introduce these technologies. But there would also basically just be this threat hanging over the head of these private messaging companies that if it came to the point where the regulator felt that there was too much of this content on these platforms, they could require scanning methods to be introduced to -to end-to-end encryption platforms. Now, Melanie Dawes, who's the head of Ofcom, has been sort of very cautious about wading into this debate for sort of obvious reasons and has publicly said that they'd need a very high bar of evidence to require this sort of technology to be introduced. But the heads of WhatsApp signal, as you say, have been sort of very worried by this. They've said that they'd rather pull out of the UK than introduce these sort of measures because that angle is essentially if the UK requires these technologies to be brought into tech for material, which I think everybody would agree would be great to be bought and removed from these platforms, then what's to stop a, another state or another country with perhaps not so accepted levels of sort of content moderation if they wanted to remove content of political dissent, for instance, what's to stop them bringing in and requiring these measures from the likes of WhatsApp as well? So it'll be really interesting to see if the government backs down on this, or this just remains something that basically always hangs over the head of WhatsApp or Signal. But 
Ofcom and the government sort of remain too hesitant or don't want to risk losing apps that are sort of widespread across uh, the UK uh, to ever really bring these sort of technologies in. Okay, so that's a really important point then. So on the day in which the bill gets royal assent or the, the parts of the bill are activated and actually come into effect, it's not a case that suddenly WhatsApp and Signal are going to leave. So that's, that's the first really quite important point. The second is just your mentioning there of Melanie Dawes. There is a broader problem for Ofcom in the sense that in some ways, the way that the bill is designed is perfect for the government. The government can say it is doing something about online safety, but ultimately it's not the ministers, it's not the government as such that actually has to take those very controversial decisions about uh, what how services function in the future. And this is just one example of them. So for Ofcom, this is, this is, this is a very difficult position in which to be in because to take the consequential decision as Melanie Dawes or her successor at Ofcom that might prompt WhatsApp to leave the UK is a very difficult thing for what is ultimately a technocratic body to do without the political cover. So as you, as you allude to there, Josh, I'd imagine they will be very, very reluctant to bring in uh, that sort of measure uh, without explicit government support and political cover to do so. So let's move on. We, we've talked about sort of what's quite immediate about the bill, what can change right now or tomorrow or next year or so on and so forth. But let's look a bit further ahead. We're always talking on this podcast about the metaverse, the regulation of the metaverse, about chat GPT and generative AI and what regulation might come. That's all, particularly chat GPT and generative AI has been the buzz of the tech sector for the past six months. Has that infiltrated its way into the debate or indeed has the metaverse infiltrated its way into the debate or is the online safety bill very much about the platforms and services that we know today? I mean, massively, these sort of issues are starting to come into the play, especially as we're getting to the House of Lords now and new amendments are starting to be introduced. When the bill was first sort of originally designed, a lot of these big platforms that have risen up and become popular didn't even exist. So a lot of what these peers are looking at for now is how can we ensure this legislation stays relevant, applicable in five years time, in 10 years time to ensure that we're just not at the same position that we're at now in the future where we're having to create an entirely new piece of legislation. Um, so two lords have looked to bring forward an amendment, for instance, that's going to require the bill to be sort of periodically reviewed into how it's working in the metaverse. I mean, that's a whole new range of questions as to how, what, how and what virtual harassment looks like, virtual online harms, how it looks with through a headset. AI, again, is becoming sort of an increasingly talked about issue, especially with the rise of ChatGPT. Um, Baroness Kidron, who we've already talked about, wants to ensure that machine-generated content is captured by the bill. So any sort of online harms that an AI site could create uh, would also then be in scope. Uh, and other amendments look to bring forward sort of regular and routine reviews of the legislation to ensure it's future-proofed. So there's a whole range of different ways in which the peers are looking to ensure that this legislation actually works in the long term. Uh, and even the Labour Party have said that should they win power, one of their first moves in the digital space will be basically to create their own version of the bill, which would look to return to a bit more of the original legislation that we saw. It would address the sort of legal but harmful issues. But again, you can just see that this is an issue that MPs and peers from across the board are trying to ensure doesn't just continue to return year after year and trying to ensure this actually has a bit of longevity to it. I think. 
listeners from the US will be pretty familiar about this debate. There's a question there about whether the limited liability exemptions in Section 230 will apply to the so-called metaverse or to virtual worlds, or given that it focuses currently on content rather than conduct and behaviour, whether it won't. And likewise, we've seen proposals uh, in Brussels that the Digital Services Act should be uh, reformed uh, in future iterations in order to, again, better capture activity and conduct and behaviour rather than just content removal. So this debate is playing out everywhere that has these debates around online safety and online content moderation. And this is the UK's microcosm of that. So just to go on and just conclude this conversation then, Josh, what do we need to look out for? We know it's in the House of Lords at the moment. So how long will it stay in the House of Lords? When will we see a conclusion to all of the issues that you've thrown at us today? And finally, when do we expect the bill to become law? So we've probably got a few more weeks of what we're having right now, which is a committee stage where these amendments that have been put forward are debated. After this, we'll have a report stage, which will probably follow a week or two after that, where they'll basically be concluding debates in the House of Lords, perhaps some final amendments or concessions. What we'll then enter into is the quite delightfully named ping pong period, where the bill will basically literally be ping pong between the House of Commons and the House of Lords. Uh, now, this period can actually take quite a while because if the House of Lords and the House of Commons are refusing to budge on certain items, they can just continually look to push it back to one another. So if the House of Lords does decide, for instance, that age assurance, age verification is the issue that they're not going to budge on, it could take some time for a conclusion to be reached. But sitting above all of this is the end of the parliamentary session, which we're currently expecting to be around the autumn September or October of this year, uh, because of parliamentary convention and how this bill has been uh, pressing through the parliament, uh, this can't be carried over. So there is a bit of a deadline hanging over them here. And if they can't pass it before the autumn, as you say, the entire bill will be lost. It will be a massive issue for the government, for the lords, for everybody in parliament that such a key piece of legislation uh, won't be passed. So expect this to sort of be a continual debate for the next few months but both houses want to get this resolved as quickly as possible. Um, but Ofcom have said that they expect to get their powers by September of this year. And from then on out, it's essentially going to be Ofcom leading the way on uh, starting with risk assessments, consulting with the industry, trying to now get to grips with the legislation and enforcing the regime um, sort of as quickly as they can. Great. Well, thank you, Josh. We will wait with bated breath to see how that plays out. Uh, so keep your ears uh, to what's happening in Parliament and uh, Josh and the team will keep you posted on how it plays out. As always, uh, if you, your business or your investment are exposed to the online safety bill and the content moderation issues that we've discussed today, don't hesitate to get in touch. You can find the contact details uh, for Josh, for me, for the rest of our teams, both in tech policy, but elsewhere in the Global Council offices at www.global-council.com or via the link in the podcast notes. Thanks very much for joining us and we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye.